Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. All right, we now welcome to the program Kerry Miller, college basketball writer for Bleacher Report, but you may also know him as the creator, godfather, actually, of the John Ross quote bracket, a.k.a. the best college basketball bracket to fill out in March here. Uh, Kerry, welcome to the program. If you know anything about this show, you know that we love Rothstein quotes, so I'll start there. Was this a spontaneous thing that you did, or was it pre-planned? Like, were you saying, okay, once – conference tournaments start up or a little bit before that i'm gonna to put together this bracket no it was it was pretty spontaneous i like the godfather it makes me feel like i'm on old school or something here but uh no it was it was spontaneous i uh i had some some downtime for between the end of the regular season and the start of the conference tournaments and ended up just running with it i forget what night it even was but i just threw it all together and like three or four hours and then started it the next morning and it took off like crazy. I think he said that it blew up or your mentions blew up like Zion shoe, which is very timely actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty much it. He actually uh, retweeted it the first morning. So the first round of it, um, he, he hadn't even followed me before that, but he followed me and retweeted it. As far as I know, he still follows me. I don't, I don't know, but um, yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty unexpected. Like I said, uh, when I was, I put out the initial bracket without, you know, any of the polling having been done and then typed out each of the polls in a tweet. So it was 16 tweets. And by the time I was done, I think there were like 49 notifications or something on my Twitter. I was like, I, I, I've created a monster. <laughs> I, I have to imagine that, you know, getting him to retweet you on something like this is a, a big crowning achievement in your, in your career, <laughs> just simply because I feel like Rothstein just gets it from everyone, especially the college basketball nerds. He's going to hear it from everyone at all, at all times, but you took it above and beyond. So I, I commend you for doing it. And I'm happy that John gave you your, your credit where it was due. Yeah. I wasn't sure if he would, uh, if he would like it or if he would hate it, but I guess he liked it. Uh, Jeff Goodman, he's been following me for a couple of years and he, he sent me a DM. He's like, I have to unfollow you until this is over. Like you're driving <laughs> me nuts. And then he refollowed me. He's like, you can tell people that I did that. I don't care. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I had 
I don't know if it was because of John's retweet or if he like reached out to somebody at CBS, but I had people like emailing me from CBS sports. Like, Hey, do you want to like do an interview with John? I was like, uh, I'm kind of busy now, maybe in April, that'd be cool. <laughs> but yeah, it, it turned into a, like a career advancement opportunity just by <laughs> joking around. It was kind of crazy. Well, that's what I was going to say. I'm sure you want to continue to climb the ranks in college basketball writing, football writing as well. But as far as I'm concerned, you've reached the apex, man. There's no <laughs> going up from here. you got to, you got to follow from Rothstein and a retweet from Rothstein. I've reached my, my crowning achievement. That's rough. I'm going to have to start tweeting like Rothstein soon. <laughs> so that's what I want to first start with. How did you acquire all the quotes? Because he has so many of them. He tweets them so often. How did you go? Did you just go and comb through his old tweets? How did you find all of them? Yep, uh, that's exactly what I did. I looked through all of his tweets from November and all of them from February, which was, I mean, it's only two months and February is the shortest month, but it took me like two hours just to read through all of them. And I was just making a, making a mark of all the repetitive ones or anything that even if it wasn't repetitive something like uh like the west virginia basketball one that ended up winning it all there weren't too many of those this year because west virginia was terrible but uh he brought it back anyway and i guess their their fans really rallied around seeing that uh whatever it was 12 or 13 times this season with all the more wins they got yeah so tell us a little bit about yourself because i mean i'm, I'm just going off of you know your twitter handle here you obviously you write for Bleacher Report. You're from Charlotte. That's about all I got on you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all you need, man. No, <laughs> no um, I actually I, I covered some uh, some poker tournaments. This has nothing to do with what I did with Bleacher Report with somebody who claimed that he knew Rothstein when he was just a, a pup at, at ESPN New York like 15 years ago, and he tried to put me in contact with him. And that's when I started like, not, I'm not infatuated with Rothstein by any means. I'm like lukewarm towards the guy. He, he's out there. I appreciate that he breaks news and whatnot. But we're, we're infatuated. Well, I, yeah, some people are. That that was the thing I found out the most from this is like a lot of people really love it. It's I'm one of the few who's lukewarm on him. You either love him or you hate him. It seems, and I, I appreciate him more now from having gone through this because I I can't imagine like his whiteboard and his his Twitter draft page of like how he keeps track of everything that he has going every day. Um, but yeah, it just came around randomly. I, I had made a joke about it maybe two or three weeks before I actually did it. Um, I, I don't remember what exactly my tweet was, but I was like, if you're going to do a, uh, you know, a random March Madness bracket. The one recommendation I had was the all 62 Breaking Bad episodes, which maybe I'll do that over the summer or something. <laughs> um, uh, the 64 original Crayola colors, and I forget what the other one was. And then the fourth one was John Rothstein's repetitive tweets. And I was able to find 48 of them and put together a, a nice little 48-team bracket out of it. So... A lot of people during college football season, especially when the playoff rolls around, they want to be in that room where they determine who makes it into the college football playoff. People want to sit right next to Condi Rice. You know, the same thing with Selection Sunday. People want to realize or understand how 
a team like ASU gets in with 10 losses in the Pac-12 and how another team doesn't make it. What I'm most curious about is how did you seed all of these quotes? How did you <laughs> what was number one? Uh, it's just the ones that I liked the most, honestly, and the ones that I didn't understand were the ones that got like 10s, 11s, and 12 seeds. So uh, Steve Peichel pounding nails was a 10 seed. It ended up reaching the final four. And I, to this day, I don't know what the hell that means. I don't know why he started <laughs> tweeting that. But um, I, I was glad to see the three of the four one seeds made it all the way to the final four, which was the the Bobby seven asterisks Hurley, uh, the West Virginia one, and this is March. Uh, and I figured going into it that if it got popular at all, it would be one or two, you know, school fan bases hijacking it. And that is what happened with VCU, Rutgers, West Virginia. They, they took it seriously this year. Um, but I figured this is March would make it to the final four and then it would get bounced by whichever school was uh, really promoting the, the hell out of this thing. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> What's your favorite quote? Uh, the Bobby Hurley one always makes me laugh, maybe because it's, you know, it's usually 1 a.m. on the East Coast when that comes in, and I'm just in the mood to laugh at, at Rothstein and Bill Walton and whatever else we've got going on in the world at that time. Um, and I like the, the West Virginia one that won it all. Um, I like the uh, – I, I saw he was on uh, the Pardon My Take – podcast a couple of days ago or maybe it was today i don't know and he was like explaining the the behind the scenes stuff of some of those tweets and you know they were asking him have you ever have you ever actually been to europe for the the vcu one he's like no i've never been there <laughs> it's just it's funny how he he like walks around with a notebook and just has these ideas and then they become his i guess they're not cliches because he's the only one that says them but his repetitive tweets he just comes up with them out of nowhere yeah, that interview was great. I listened to it. Obviously, VCU more more life altering than a ten day trip in in Europe. And he comes out and says he's never even been to Europe. But I'm totally with you on that. Um, so in in terms from your perspective here, um, who do you root for? Well, let's start there, I guess. Who's my college Who's basketball team? team? Yeah, I I grew up as a Duke fan, but I have in seven years now of writing for Bleacher Report. Every year I become less invested. I know most people don't believe that, but I just, I don't care. I don't have a college football team either. I, I grew up in Pennsylvania and wasn't a big Penn State fan, so I didn't really have a team. And now I just cover it and I'm completely objective on football. I could care less. I still, around this time of year, like I'll, I'll probably end up pulling for Duke if they reach the final four, which I think a lot of people will be this year because of Zion anyway, but I don't, I don't really care. I just I just look for fun stories. I was trying to see if one of the Rothstein isms, as you put it in the bracket, if any of them really spoke to you as a fan of that <laughs> of that team. But it sounds like you're kind of just a you know, hey diddle diddle right down the middle when it comes to <laughs> pick, picking teams. Hey, he's yeah. lukewarm. He is lukewarm. Yeah, and uh, there was one whatever it is the. 2018-19 Duke Blue Devils more of a must watch than Seinfeld in its prime and I think yeah. I made that like a a nine seed because I, I didn't much care for Seinfeld in its prime to be honest I was more <laughs> of a friends guy but 
Oh, that's good. No, I, I would have to say my favorite Rothstein quote is the Dark Knight one, where he just says, and here we go. And then he quotes <laughs> the Heath Ledger, like mainstream, like main population doesn't understand or doesn't know that Heath Ledger played the, the Dark Knight. But I, I think the best touch of that is when he says circa 2008. <laughs> Yeah, I, I caught that part in the the pardon my take podcast. He's like, dude, it was two thousand eight. You can just drop the circa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I like that one because it reminds me of uh, the uh, the the Michael Scott quoting Wayne Gretzky in the Office. It's exactly, like, one hundred percent of the shots you don't take, <laughs> you should just put you know dash uh, John Rothstein at the end of his tweets. <laughs> That's exactly it. And to take it a step further, movies have an exact release date if you wanted to. <laughs> but yeah, there's, not there's no circa about it. We know exactly when it came out. And I, I saw that movie the day it came out. It's one of, one of the few that I have actually gone to see on opening day in my life. So you mentioned Zion. I'm curious. Uh, give us a player not named Zion that we should be looking out for here in the tournament or that you're most excited to, to watch. I mean, the the Marcus Howard, John Morant matchup in the first round, Marquette versus Murray State. That was, I, uh, you know, I do the bracketology for Bleacher Report. And I think in mid-January, I started projecting that as a possible 5-12 matchup. And I have been just aroused about its possibility ever since. I mean, it's going to be the most fun guard-on-guard game in the tournament, I think. Um, and whoever wins that game is going to be a legitimate threat to reach the Elite Eight. So that'll be a really fun first-round game. I think that's Thursday at like 4.30 or something. So No no love for Gonzaga, huh? I mean, I like Gonzaga. They're a good team, but – I. Whatever. Brackets break all the time. Yeah. I, I think that's the region that's going to get the most insane. I mean, I could see – I think it's been like 10 straight years or something. At least two, either one or two seeds have failed to reach the Sweet 16. And I feel like if it's going to happen this year, the West region is where it's going to come from because Nevada can upset Michigan – uh, and Syracuse is always a tough out. They could upset Gonzaga, even though Gonzaga has been so great on offense all season. One of the things that – the fact that you're talking about that bracket, when I look at it, you look at Gonzaga, Florida State, Michigan, all of those teams were in the same bottom left bracket last year as well. Yeah. And they're kind of on a collision course where you might have rematches. Gonzaga-Florida State was obviously a great game last year. Um Whoever comes out of that Marquette, it's tough to pick. It's tough to have the balls to throw one of those teams in the Sweet 16 <laughs> when you're looking at Florida State in the second round. And even they, they, they could lose to Vermont, I think, is who they have. And uh, it's, just, it's funny how they kind of prepackage games like that for a rematch. Even Montana-Michigan is a rematch yep. from last year. So yeah. it's kind of crazy how that works out. It does tend to happen in the West region. I remember a couple of years ago, it was like Arizona and Wisconsin were the one and the two one year, and the next year they flipped, and they were the two and the one. So who knows uh, how they end up doing that. I, even after a decade of doing bracketology, I, I can't even like force those types of matchups, and yet they always seem to do it accidentally. <laughs> but I, I did one – sticking on that region, I did a uh, 
the one stat bracket that has always worked for me, um, or not that it works, that I try and beat and I never can with my own gut picks is uh, average margin of victory times RPI. Uh, and I know RPI is dead now, but I'm yep. still using it for this year's for this year's uh, stat bracket. And in that region, it ends up being Gonzaga against Murray State and Buffalo against Nevada. So it's just like all of the mid majors in the Sweet 16, which would be awesome. I, I wouldn't be shocked that there so many of those kind of lower seated mid majors, even um, Northern Kentucky. I think they actually match up fairly well with a team like Texas Tech where Texas, they put up points, and Texas Tech might have a hard time keeping up with them if they get hot shooting. It, yeah, it, there's, there's so many like top three seeds, aside from Gonzaga, who are really great on defense and sometimes questionable on offense. Yeah. Texas Tech is one of them. Michigan is one of them. And I feel like a lot of those 14 and 15 seeds, probably more so the 12s and 13s, but really efficient mid-major offenses. So it's going to be a really interesting uh, matchup between, you know, uh, the unstoppable forces and the immovable objects. That's right. Yeah. I mean, and I, I can speak for Suba on this one too, and then Suba, I'll let you get your next question. But he and I have been losing sleep over that region. I, I've been waking up in the middle of the night just screaming, <laughs> screaming out different alternatives. But I, I just need those games to start, man. Yeah, uh, I need to go fucking therapist, man. <laughs> no, I'm ready for Thursday. This, this, the, the Tuesday and Wednesday games don't, they're just nothing to me. Like, I'm, I don't even watch the 16 games. I don't know why they do that. If it was all playing, like, all at larges, if all the 11 seeds were playing today and tomorrow, that'd be awesome. I don't I know why they penalize these 16 seeds. I, I mean, in some ways, they're rewarding them because they get to, play a game when nobody else is playing and they get to officially say in their, you know, media guide that they won an NCAA tournament game once, but we all know this isn't the real tournament. <laughs> no, that that's definitely it. They do it so they can get an NCAA tournament win under their belt. Just watching that, you know, Farley Dickinson game versus uh, uh, Prairie View, A&M, Tech, State, whatever it is. The, <laughs> the, the coach for Farley Dickinson was basically in tears as he sat down. Yep. I know he had some health issues in the past but certainly was a big deal for those programs so if they're ever going to get a win it's nice to have them get well, one of those under their belt same thing with rick bird and belmont they just had rick bird he's obviously joined the 800 win club along with Bayheim and some others and he's obviously a very uh, decorated coach but they said he's looking for his first tournament win he can't wait to get that monkey off his back and i was thinking to myself i don't think next round's a guarantee but i thought oh wait a minute <laughs> that could happen Tonight. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much – and I know he's an 11 seed, but it, it still goes the same way. Yeah, it's hard to believe. I, I feel like I've been tempted to pick Belmont to win a game in, like, 11 consecutive years. Like, I can't believe they haven't won a game yet in the tournament. And now I have them going to the Sweet 16, so they're probably going to end up losing tonight, but who knows. <laughs> so, we were talking about patterns the past few years in the tournament and what – the biggest thing that I was thinking of when looking at my bracket in the past couple of years was how many low-seeded teams not only have won a couple of games, not just gotten to the second weekend, gotten all the way to the, the Final Four. You think about or Wichita State. Think about Syracuse, even though they're a blue blood program. They were in 11 a couple of years back. Obviously, Mr. Gene, Loyola, Chicago. In your estimation, give me a team below the five line that you think could seriously get to the Final Four. 
Uh, well, Villanova's a six, and they've won two of the last three, so I guess that technically qualifies, though I don't think they're anywhere near as good this year. Um, maybe Nevada as a seven. Um, you know, they, they're seated there because their schedule was weak. They didn't play many quality opponents, but we've – I mean, they were a top-ten team in the preseason. We know they have the talent. They have five fifth-year seniors – in their starting lineup, it wouldn't shock me at all to see them make a run. Uh, and a little bit deeper than that, maybe, is Belmont. Uh, if they win this game against Temple, I mean, they should beat Maryland in the next round. They get LSU after that, which is easily the weakest three seed, in my opinion. And who knows from there? You get that Cinderella momentum and you end up upsetting a team like Michigan State or I don't even remember who – I think it is Michigan State they would run into in the Sweet 16. But, yep, yeah, if, if there is an 11 seed that's going to make a Loyola run this year, I think it's got to be Belmont. It's going to be interesting to watch. Shark, you got anything else for, for Kerry? That's all I got on my I mean, it's a college basketball thing. We got to do it the same way everyone at ESPN would do it in any other college basketball show. What is your final four and who do you got winning it all? Oh, God, what do I have? Uh, I have Duke winning it all. I know that. And that has nothing to do with me growing up rooting for Christian Leitner. Um, rooted for him? Yeah. I was like six. He was fun. <laughs> um, so I have Duke, Gonzaga, Virginia, and Kentucky. Uh, so three ones and a two. Not very adventurous, but I feel like the top eight teams are – really good this year and it's going to be hard for any of them to go down even despite my commentary earlier about the west region probably blowing up that's good final four gary i appreciate the time and thanks so much and if you have any other interesting brackets that you're going to toss out there <laughs> let us know especially related to college basketball but for now i uh, appreciate the the rothstein effort that you gave us all right, it was uh, it was fun. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, All man. Right, have a good one.